going to get? All right, okay. That's all right. I'll read, I'll read the stuff to you guys today. Uh, okay, well, good morning, everybody. We are moving into a new chapter in Mark. Understandable. <laughs> it was a good one. Okay, we're gonna move in. We're gonna move in Mark chapter four. So if you have your Bibles and you want to get there, um, go ahead and get to Mark chapter four. Um, and so there's something cool that's gonna happen in Mark chapter four because so far we saw that Jesus is telling good news and people are having some people are having really good reactions, right? Some people are like, "Yay, good news!" and some people are like. Grr, good news, <laughs> right? And so, one of the questions that this next section is going to help us answer is why? Why are there? So, why is it that Jesus can be saying the same things to different people, and some are reacting, and people are reacting differently? Okay, so Jesus is going to tell us a story that helps to illustrate how different people may react differently to the message that he's the good news that he's bringing about his kingdom. Okay, so that's that's what we're going to read. Um, hey, before I get going, though, uh, kids, I want you to listen to me real closely for a second, okay? Wait, everybody listen to me. Listen to me real close. Okay, I wanted to tell you guys that I was very impressed, and I was very happy with how you, how well you guys pay attention, and how you guys have been sharing and helping to answer questions and, and learn about what we're talking about. You guys, have been do- you guys have been doing a very good job, okay? And I want to, and it's, you should always tell people when they make you happy, when they do things that make you happy, and you guys have been doing a really good job. And I've been really happy with how you guys have been participating and stuff. So I wanted to make sure I tell you thank you uh, and encourage you that you guys have been doing such a good job and you can keep doing a good job because it really helps to learn good stuff about what Jesus is talking about. Okay? So remember, remember I said that because you guys have been doing very well. Yes, Mike? How have I been doing? No, it's, it's been... Yeah. We'll talk, we'll talk privately. <laughs> That's right. We're gonna give we're gonna give Mike a what we call a Matthew eighteen. You have to go to him privately first, and then you deal with it. <laughs> okay, all right. So let's see, let's see what Jesus how Jesus is gonna help us understand why some people are having good reactions and some people are having not so good reactions. Okay, it says again he began to teach beside the sea. Jesus loves to teach by the water. Okay, it's a good place to teach. It is a solid place to teach, and it I'm says. A dog okay. It's a very very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. So Jesus got kind of away from the crowd into a boat. Now, the disciples were with him in the boat. Okay? Not just like one guy sitting in a a small pontoon. It's probably him and the disciples out in this boat so that everyone else can hear. I got stuff on my beard. Did I get it off? Uh, Yeah, you got it off. No. Are things all right? Yeah, we're there. Okay. It's too much. (laughs) I'm here to help. Okay. All right. So it says the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land, and he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, first of all, do we know what a parable is? No. Yeah. So here's what's going to be interesting. Ellery, Ellery said that it's kind of like a story to help explain something. Um, we're going to find out that that is true for some people, but confusing for others. Parables are actually kind of complicated. Sometimes we try to make them seem like they're really easy, 
like the real easy things that are supposed to make something very clear. But Jesus is going to look at these and say, hey, for some of y'all, you're going to hear this parable and you're not going to understand it at all. And some of you, I'm going to explain it to you so that you can know the difference. But but the crux of what a parable is, is a, is a story or a bit of wisdom uh, that helps. The more that you bring into it, the better you are. So the parable kind of requires some bit of understanding as to what he's talking about. The more that you understand where he's coming from, the more you're going to get the parable. The less you understand what he's starting to talk about, the worse it's going to be. Okay? So Ellery got the, the gist of it right. All right. He was teaching many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen, he's pay attention. A sower went out to sow. Like sow like a shirt? No. 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 Sow like a what? Like plants, yeah, to plant things. They call it like sowing seeds, which is, you know, you put the little divot and you put the seeds in. Okay? So it says, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. I know, right? Bummer. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, since it had no root. What does scorched mean? means burned. Yeah. Like you scorch leaves sometimes. Uh, probably not burn to consume or burn to make go away. Uh, if you ever ever uh, burnt food, uh, like you're cooking dinner and someone burnt food and it's kind of black, that's that would be it scorched. It got scorched, but it wasn't like burnt away. It just got scorched on the outside. That's the top layer got burnt like on your toast. A little bit too yeah, yeah. It's like it got toasted. Like when you put a pop tart in too long, and let it. Yeah, yeah. Scorched brown sugar and cinnamon pop tart, bummer. Grace. We have pop tarts for breakfast. How did I forget? And also wore white dress and pink tights. Okay, Grace, did you have something? No, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still trying to figure out what I was going to say. Okay, let it ruminate in your mind. All right, so anyway, it sprang up and it had no depth of soil. When the sun rose, it was scorched since it had no root, and it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Wait, what? I know, right? So, okay, let's let's hold on. That's the question, right? So, first of all, why is Jesus, t- he just started telling us this story. He's always, he's talking about, he's casting out demons, and he's healing people, and he's saying the kingdom of God has arrived. And then he looks them in the face and he says, hey, I'm going to tell you how people plant fields. And so we got to say, why is Jesus telling us this story? What does this story have anything to do with anything? Okay, hold on. Grace has her hand up, and then we'll, then we'll go with you. Go ahead, Grace. And most of just the stories he's talking about people, so if you can try to relate, like, like the seeds or the ground to the people, so I'm still trying to figure that out. No, no, that's a good thought. That's a good thought. He's probably connecting it to some of the stuff that he's been talking about previously. Go ahead. Um, maybe it's about religious focus. Like, uh, if you brought this idol, you get it in this problem, and like that. But if you follow God, you get into 
Ooh, so I think I think you might be onto something there where he might be connecting what happens in this kingdom that he's been talking about with the health of the soil. As a matter of fact, a lot of times in your Bible, like the title will be the parable of the sower. It's really not about the sower so much. It's really about the soil and the seeds that go that are going into it. Okay? But we, we also know we didn't really get different descriptions of the seeds, right? As far as we know, it's the same seed going into all the different soil. And he said, so he gave four different examples. What were the four different things that happened with the seeds? Who's got one? Grace. Um, some seed fell on the path and burned it. Ooh, oh, that's right. So there's one that fell on. So they, if, you're, if you're sowing, you're going to grow grain and you put it onto the hard path and it doesn't get ground in. Uh, the bird is going to come by and eat it. And what do you get? No grain. All right. Layla. Um, and one in it got scorched right so we said when you plant if you have rock here and just and soil here there's not that much soil so it can't get real deep roots and so when the sun comes up it scorches it and then it then it produces what no grain so right we got on the path no grain Scorched by the sun, no grain. Alan. Um, choked by, um, Ooh, yeah, so if you, uh, uh, the uh, plants fight for moisture, right? Fight for st- nutrients in the ground and water in the ground. And so if you plant your, you got your grain plant here and there's other, uh, weeds and things and it takes all the moisture, then that means it may not be that that, that, uh, grain plant dies. It probably doesn't die. As a matter of fact, it doesn't die in this example, but it produces no grain. Now, hold on a minute. Why does a sower, if you're planting, why do you plant grain? So that you can grow what? Uh, yeah. Grain. <laughs> yeah, you can spread with grain. You can make cake with rice. That's right. That's right. There's all kinds of good things that come from grain. What do you say? Rice? rice. <laughs> that's good. That's, you got to be bold with that rice answer. That's right on. So, yeah, so that's kind of the point, right? Is that like... Uh, a sower plants seeds to produce grain. And so in those first three examples, it's not producing grain, which means it's not doing what the sower wanted it to do. Great. But what if we think about the ending, like, how does he who has ears to hear let him hear tie in with this story? It's about a sower and the seeds that are growing very well except for in one place. No, that's a good question. So, okay, so, here, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the phrase, he who has ears to hear... Let him hear. Now, is Jesus talking about physical ears? Is he saying, is he saying like everyone who has physical ears, may they hear, and people who don't have ears, well, too bad. Is that what he's saying? No. 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 What's he now? What, what, but he's, now think about the type of story that he's telling. Okay, he's told something that where he wasn't. Did you hope? Did you have a question or a thought? Go ahead. That would be, it wouldn't do what the sower wanted, it would it? They would want grain, and then, yeah, you're right, the soil wouldn't be good. Is he talking about what? Corn. Uh, he is not talking about corn. <laughs> he who has ears of corn, let him know the difference. No? Okay. It's all the sowers out there. He who has the ears of corn, let him hear. If you do not grow corn, you will not understand the story. Okay. Of course, does. 
All right, so here's so here's kind of what Jesus is saying. He said, uh, well, actually, let's let Jesus explain it. Here's the cool thing about this particular story. Sometimes Jesus will tell parables, and then he won't explain them. <laughs> and we'll have to be like, I wonder what he meant by that. All right, but in this one, Jesus is actually going to tell us exactly what he was talking about. Okay, so let's keep reading, and we'll see how he describes it, okay? It says, and... When he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. Now, it's kind of a weird switch of people. Because it said the twelve disciples were around him. It says he's alone, so he's not with the big crowd. But it also kind of implies that there are other people around him as well. Okay? So they said, he's, um, with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret. A secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables. He's created a bit of a distinction here, right? He's basically saying there are those that are outside of the kingdom of God, and they get the parables. For those in the inside of the kingdom of God, they get the secret. They get to know the thing that is hidden. And when we say secret, does anybody have a different word for that? Maybe mystery in their Bible? So some, some, some ways they'll translate that as mystery. I think secret's probably the better way to know it, because it doesn't mean that it's hard to get. It just means that it's otherwise hidden until it is made, made revealed to you, okay? So, but what he's saying is that for these parables, there are people that are on the outside of the kingdom of God of which they will not get it. And there are people on the inside of which it will be given to them. And so he says, but for those outside, everything is in parables so that, and then in your Bible, maybe this looks offset a little bit, looks a little different than everything else. It means he's going to quote something. He's going to quote from our friend Isaiah, who we've looked at a few things from Isaiah lately. And it says, they may indeed see, but not perceive. They may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Okay? So, when he says things like, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Basically saying, who has, who, he who wants to understand will be able to understand. He who doesn't want to understand, he who wants to not see it, who doesn't want to see the truth, thing, he might take it into his eyes, but he won't see it correctly. He might take it into his ears... Uh, as a matter of fact, Isaiah gives an example. Isaiah, um, do you guys remember what Isaiah's job was for God? Anybody, anybody know? He was God's servant. That's right. He was God's servant and he was a prophet. His job, a pro- what does a prophet do? Oh, oh. Go ahead, Adam. A prophet delivers the message. That's right. It's his job to deliver the message of God to the people. So, I, uh, I, uh, excuse me. Um, what did I say? Isaiah. Yeah, Isaiah. So, he delivers the good news. That's, sometimes what Isaiah is saying wasn't good news <laughs> to some of those folks. <laughs> but so one time Isaiah says something to somebody. <clears throat> or excuse me, it was uh, sorry, I got my prophecy mixed up. It was Ezekiel. Ezekiel comes up and says something to somebody that is designed to help them change their ways. And he said it in a very eloquent way or in a very way that was, that was pretty, like poetry. And some people heard it and said, oh, I, I have to change my ways. And then some people said, oh, he said that very pretty like. I like how he said that. Now, that's a couple of someone who doesn't have ears to hear. They heard what he said, but they didn't hear it as a warning to them. What they heard it was, oh, that guy speaks pretty nice. I kind of like his pretty how he says it. You understand what I'm saying? And so they heard it into their ears, but they didn't really understand it. They didn't really want to hear the things that he was saying, because he was saying, hey, you kind of need to change how you're doing. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's what Jesus is saying. For those who want to hear... It will be made clear to you. You'll be able to understand. I will explain it. For those who don't want to hear it, who might, who might fall into that category of the people we've met in Mark so far, who, who just don't want to hear what Jesus has to say? Well, the Pharisees. Yep, might be the Pharisees. The king. Could be, yeah, king. Could be the king's Herod and stuff. 
yeah. Pilate, Sadducees, <laughs> scribes. Yeah, people were like, hey, I don't, I don't want to hear this, what you're saying, because it offends me. Okay? And we, we don't get money for it. Well, true, true, yeah. Okay, so let's let Jesus describe the rest of it. He was going to describe why he told this story, okay? You guys ready? All right. Do you not understand this parable? Oh. <laughs> He's like, hey, man, does not pay attention? <laughs> yeah, great. I can't, like, would they be confused? He just, like, they just told him that, like, what did your parable mean? And he's like, did you not understand this parable? That's right. He's going to, so confused. Now, here's the thing. When I first read this parable and no one had ever explained it to me, I didn't really get it either. I mean, I kind of understood it, but, like, now, now Jesus is going to help, okay? Because for those who want to hear it, Jesus will provide. It sounds actually, you know what I, you know what that sounded like me? I was thinking about that this week. It sounded like uh, help at Hogwarts will always be available for what? Anybody who needs it. Yeah. For those who ask. For those who ask. Yeah. It, it was kind of like that. <laughs> okay. Then you then maybe you will never get stuck. And that, that's kind of the distinction Jesus is going to make here, I think. All right, let's listen to what he says. He says, how, will then you, how then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, meaning, I think we can think the good news here. Okay? The sower, and who's the sower? Yeah, that's right. And in this example, it's probably God, Jesus, right? Bringing the one who provides the good news. Okay? And these are and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. So it's his example of when he said the bird comes and takes it away because the soil is not receptive. He's saying here that in the real world, that's people who hear what God has to say. And Satan immediately takes it away because they weren't receptive to it and then it's just gone. Okay? And it cannot produce fruit, right? No grain. No good fruit for the kingdom. Alright? And then it says, and these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, or what got the good news, immediately they receive it with joy. Yay! I got the seed. I got the good news. The thing that's going to grow into big stuff. But, but they have a root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. Okay, what's he saying there? Anybody have any thoughts? Yeah, I lost everybody on that one. Let's, let me read it again, okay? I want you guys to pay attention, and let's see if you can tell me what his what his example is here. These are the ones sown on rocky ground, okay? The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when persecution arises on account of the good news, or the word, immediately they fall away. Go ahead, Ray. That's right. Uh, that's that's right. That's right. Go ahead. What is what? Tribulation. It means trouble. When there's trouble or persecution, meaning someone treats you poorly for your for the things you know. Go ahead. Maybe like the Sadducees like kill you. You know, yeah, yeah. The Sadducees didn't didn't seem to target anyone specifically like that, except primarily Jesus. But, but but the example you gave is a good one, okay? And that's kind of what Jesus is saying, too. He's saying, hey, you're all happy about this. Woohoo! good news, I love it. Until someone goes, hey, you believe in that Jesus character? Okay, then I'm going to kick you in. Okay? Or, if you're a follower of Jesus, and this, this happens with the early Christians after Jesus dies, 
Okay, a lot of those guys are killed. They they have to say, hey, look, are you are you with Jesus or not? And they say, I'm with Jesus. They say, okay, well, I'm gonna we're gonna take care of that. And they and they hurt. That's right, and they do. And so that's what Jesus is saying is like some people are like that rocky soil. The seed grows in, and you're like, yay, and it grows real fast. But soon as trouble comes, it has no roots. Okay, it, it didn't grow down to keep itself healthy or to preserve itself or to stay alive when there was trouble, and so it scorched and it went away. Does that make sense? That's so. That's why he's he told this other story so that we might understand the kingdom work over here. And so now we're getting a better better picture of why some people are hearing the word differently that Jesus is bringing. We said it's the same good news, right? But sometimes some pe- people are reacting differently based upon who they are, okay, or what they want to know. Let's listen to the next example. Okay, so wait, we got the on the path guys, and we heard about the rocky soil. Who's next? The thorns. Okay, let's see what Jesus meant by the story on the thorns. Okay? And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are, they are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Which, which means that we can hear the good news that Jesus brings, okay? and we can, we can grow up and produce a really nice-looking grain plant. Okay? But because we get so worried about other things, do we have all the money that we want? Do we have the things that we want? Okay. Are we worried uh, about every, everything around us and whether God's going to take care of it? And we lose the ability to actually produce good things. Okay. We're still alive. This plant is still alive, but it's not producing for the kingdom. And it's not producing um, more fruit from the things that it does, right? Or in this case, more grain. And we said again, a grain person that grows grain, okay, doesn't just want grain plants, right? They want to produce more grain. Okay, and so that's the trouble here. All right, one more. Let's listen to the final example. This this is the one from the, where he plants, and everything's good, right? Okay, and he says, but those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, thirty fold and sixty fold and hundred fold. Now, so here's here's what I want you to to think about that one. This isn't just one one grain plant, one grain. He said, how many do they produce? 30 or 60 or 100. We had, in this example, in this parable, we have three, bad, three seeds that ended up in bad soil and three seeds that ended up in good soil. Right? Right? ended up in good soil, different things, right? Some produce 60, some produce 100. But 100 fold, more than, that's, that's pretty cool. That's a lot of grain. Okay? When it lands in good soil. So, how do we think that applies to us today? Anybody? Anybody? anybody think? How much how Jesus' story apply to our lives today? Grace, go ahead. When it lands in the thorns, um, a lot of things with it. So what we can relate the thorns to today is money. Okay. Like, do I have enough money? Ooh, I can buy this with money. I can go go buy that. That's true. Right? That could keep us from otherwise producing good things with the good news that we have because we're so focused on do we have enough personally? Do we have enough for ourselves, right? Okay. What else? He, he also said worries, right? On the thorns. Things we're so concerned about ourselves or about things that are out of our control that we can't produce we can't pass out more good news because we don't have any good news to give. We're so worried about other stuff that isn't good. 
Okay? So all the things that we might worry about chokes us from being able to share it with others. Okay. What else? Any other anybody, anybody other anybody have any other thoughts on how this might apply to us? If you don't have anything that you thought through, Ellen, you don't have to say something. You could just wait till you wait till it forms in your mind and then you can share it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, keep it on. Great. Um, a lot of times, there a lot of times it's distractions that people make. Okay. Like how you can get drawn into cigarettes by maybe your friend or something. Oh, sure, sure. Sure, that's true. That's true. Things are your environment around you might be involved in something. I agree. So, so here's the thing. Is that like, Jesus... Why did Jesus tell this story? I kind of introduced it. Go ahead. Uh, Jesus told this story because he's, he's sending it as a reminder that we need to be the ones growing in the good soil. That we need to we need to keep ourselves aware of all of the the trials, the tribulations, and be aware of all the things that that could go wrong that would keep us from from leaving leaving the good soil of Jesus so that we grow we grow deep and so when those things come up we are able to produce for ourselves and also for others and bring others together. Yeah. Yeah. Like we get to see that the different ways of which things can keep God's kingdom from otherwise producing the way that he would want it to as the sower, right? And we can recognize ourselves a little bit in the soil or uh, the things that otherwise might keep us from producing the ways that we want to be do. Go ahead. Okay. Um, in good soil, that's true, right? Did we say we got one grain plant produces up to thirty grains, sixty grains, a hundred grains, which means seed that falls in good soil has a very high potential for influencing the world. In an awesome way. Go ahead, Emma. That's a that's a very good point, right? So part of what the parable will show us, okay, is that some people some people don't hear it, even though Jesus is saying it. Okay, and so we will run into that today, where so where you will share good news with people and they won't want it. Okay, and you'll be like, how is it? And then Jesus is answering this question too. How is it that Jesus can share the same good news with so many people and so and people are having such different reactions? Okay? And we can recognize that Jesus is saying, where you, where you are willing to receive the words that I'm giving you and you are open to learning what it is, I will give it to you. I will I will explain it because you know what Jesus does. Jesus does explain it to his to his disciples, okay, who say, Hey, we want to know more about this parable. How does it work? And Jesus says, Okay. I will tell you. And we get to benefit from that, do we not? Did he not produce a Bible so that we can, when he gives examples like that, we can learn it too? Because we want to. It's available to know here. Some people don't want to know it. And so we can realize, we can look at people and be sad that they hear, heard good news and didn't seem to care. Um, and, but we have to know that when it's different soil, people will just react differently. But we shouldn't be discouraged by that because good seed and good soil can produce 30 times, 60 times, 100 times more. Okay. Um, it can do really cool things uh, when it hits good soil. Okay, so 
Things that we want to remember. All right, guys, let's hold on. Focus up for just a second while we round out the kids' time. Okay? Let's let's focus on this, okay? So, when Jesus tells a story, we can recognize that, like, there are, there are people that are inside and outside of the kingdom. Um, the decision that Jesus is making here is that those that want to know more about what Jesus is saying, Jesus will give it to them. He will make it known to them. We just need to have ears to hear, okay? Be willing and want to hear what Jesus has going on. Um, also, we need to recognize that there are things that even if we want to do good work for Jesus, we need to be careful about things that will otherwise make it not successful, okay? Which is we worry about things or we focus on ourselves and, and recognize that, that for all the good that we want to do for Jesus, we can't do some of that if it's being choked out by the other things that are going on. Or, remember we were talking about the taking root, okay? Making sure that we really trust in what Jesus is having us do so that when trouble comes, we don't run away, Okay, and that we will we will survive it. We can take it when people say, hey, you know what? I don't like you because you like Jesus. We say, well, I still love you, and Jesus still loves you, and I will keep showing that to you, right? Because we're not scorched by what you do. We can continue to help benefit the world by those things, okay? Um, next week, we're going to talk more about Jesus' kingdom stuff. As a matter of fact, um, he says, he says uh, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? Does anyone want to light up the world by putting a lamp under the under the bed? No, no, which means, and this is important, guys, is that it seems like there's people on the inside of what Jesus says and on the outside of what Jesus says, but Jesus is making it clear that our job is to help other people understand. Okay, just because they are one doesn't mean soils can't change. It doesn't mean that people on the outside can't be on the inside, and it's our job to help take that information to the world. And Jesus tells that through a parable, too. So we'll pick that up next week. All right, let's pray, and then you guys can, can be on your uh, on your way, okay? <laughs> Dear Father God, I love you. Uh, thank you for your word. Thank you for the examples that you give us and for your patience with us as you continue to teach us about things that we don't understand. Um, it was It's interesting to think that some, you know, we can listen to some of these parables and not get them, and it makes us feel that um, you know, maybe, maybe we're on the outside. But the truth is the disciple didn't get it right away either. They keep needing that reminder over and over again, and you are patient and gracious and merciful to continue to show us what you mean by the things that you say, that we may understand your kingdom rightly. So we love you. We thank you. We pray for um, uh, your guidance and your energy this week, for everybody of all ages in this room, that we may go out um, and share your kingdom information with the world and share that good news, regardless of how people react to it, and be faithful in the means and, and let you handle the end. In your heavenly name, I love you and thank you. Amen. Amen. Okay, good job, guys. That's the way to think it over, Adam. Good job. Okay, I'm ready. Why were the bacon and the toast laughing? I don't know. Because the egg cracked an excellent yolk. <laughs> hey, that's top notch. That's a top notch. Five again. All right. Hey, we'll be back with you guys uh, once we start the adult stuff. Hello. Tell that joke. Why were the eggs? Wait, no. The toast and the bacon laughing. Because the egg packed an excellent yolk. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, in this session, there should be something that jumped out at you that caused you to have questions. I feel like if you, there's, there's just a couple particular items in here that are like,
If it costs someone to go, uh, do I understand that correctly? Then we're not paying attention. No. I said there, there are at least there's at least one thing, if not a couple of things, in this section that I think would cause any normal person to be like, "Hey, what?" Because that sounds, uh, I don't understand that right now. Do you have any idea what I might be referring to? Hey, hold on. Where's my actual Bible? I can't do this on the phone. You have Bible? Yeah, I can't. I can't. Is, this your Is it Mike? Is it over here? Pile under here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when they quoted Isaiah, and they and they said uh, when it was the they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. It sounds like you're he's trying to withhold it from somebody. Yeah, that was my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't, doesn't that sound like exactly what he's saying? So here's the here's the context. Uh, we're gonna read two. Uh, starting in Mark 4, 10, says, And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables. Think of this as because. I tell them in parables so that they may indeed see but not perceive, perceive, may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Does that not sound very much like Jesus is saying, I say this in such a way so that they will be confused, and not be forgiven for their sins. That sounds like exactly what he's saying. Now, let's see if the context in Isaiah 6 is helpful for that. So let's turn to there. This is the uh, uh, this is the uh, famous Isaiah 6. Uh, if you're going to refer to Isaiah, this one tends to come up in the, in the year King Uzziah died, and he's in this like uh, heavenly thing with all the seraphim and business. That's the start of Isaiah 6. 6 what? Is it just verse? Um... So I'm going to, um, we're going to have to read the whole of Isaiah 6 to see if we can see context is helpful, okay, in, uh, in explaining this. All right, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here, send me. And he said, Go and say to this people. All right. So Isaiah finds himself in a vision. He's in the temple of, like this, where God is reigning. Uh, God has something he wants communicated to the people. He volunteers. And he says, Here's what I want you to say to the people. Okay. Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy, and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Then I said, How long, O Lord? And he said, Until cities lie waste without inhabitants, when houses without people, and the land is a desolate waste, and the Lord removes people far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. And though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again, like a terebinth or an oak, whose stump remains when it is felled, 
the holy seed is its stone. Question, did the context in Isaiah 6 give us any way to think of it differently? I don't have... I mean, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Moses telling him to just turn people away. He's saying, hey, um, yeah. <laughs> now, here's the thing. There have been many attempts over the years to try to soften what Jesus is saying here. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, most most um, rabbinic literature, Jewish rabbis and stuff, um, have tried to... Obviously, they're not, they don't care about Mark 4, but they have tried very much to soften Isaiah 6. And say that it's not quite what he meant. Okay, um, and that's that's pretty consistent um, with scholars to attempt to try to soften what he's saying. God is, cannot intentionally saying I am intentionally blinding people so that they will not hear the message. I am not intentionally confusing people. Okay, um, the question is, is, do we have the grounds to understand this any differently in both of those sections with how Mark is using it? Um, <clears throat> that's my question to you. <laughs> Like, can we accept that Jesus is saying, I tell them in parables so that, simply so that people who are on the outside will be confused? And that people on the inside will get it? How would we start vetting out that understanding? Well, like, I always had a problem with, uh, with, uh, just make sure somebody's watching our own. She's wearing a, a, a cup as a, as a crown of sorts. Anyway, like, because, like, um, like when he's, if he's telling it to confuse people outside the kingdom, and then I read parables and don't understand them, I always think, crap, I am outside the kingdom, right? Like the parable of the manager or whatever. Like yep. some parables were like, I don't know what he's getting at here, and I'm like, I'm outside the kingdom. Uh-huh. And so like I was, I always struggle with that being the actual thing. What if I'm just a dummy and I don't get parables? Doesn't matter how you phrase them. <laughs> right on. Okay. Is it just admitting that you don't know? Because I still don't understand the explanation behind the dishonest manager, and I've prayed about that multiple times. Like I don't understand. Are we glorifying the manager? Is the thief the good man? I don't, I don't understand this. Uh, he'll, he'll come up. We'll, we'll get to him. Okay. We'll get to him. Um, okay. So Zay makes a really good point, though. So, if we are to if we take it at what we think is its barest meaning, which is parables are designed to provide insight to people who are inside the kingdom, but to confuse people are, who are outside of the kingdom, are the disciples inside the kingdom? All right, they don't get it. They don't get it, right? No. Okay, so no one gets it. Yes, like the biblical evidence would be no one understands these things. So is Jesus saying everybody is outside of the kingdom? Is that what he means? Okay, be right, man. Have they rebut? Because everybody sins. Well, yeah, true. As if, well, but the, the the good news that comes with the kingdom is that, like, is that Jesus is otherwise taking care of that, right? Oh yes. Yeah. All right. So the kingdom has come. The good news is that it's here that you get to be a part of it. So I don't. So it would be a little bit inconsistent with this broad thing to make the point that you all are you all suck and are outside the kingdom all the time. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I always struggle with verses because I've heard them all my life. Like I mean, this is one of those stories that like you learn in Sunday school when you're a kid about the, you know the different three kinds of soil and which person you want to be. And if you're not in your life, you know, and you'll get choked out, and, and you'll 
you'll buckle under when pressure comes. And um, then, you know, I, I taught it in Sunday school for years. And so it's, it's hard for me to like read these verses and and be part of them, I guess, because I'm so used to seeing it at that like surface level Sunday school lesson. Yep. That's fair. And I've read it so many times that. It's it's hard like read it slowly and and dissect it. I don't know. No, uh, actually, we talked about that. Amanda proposed that we we could skip the section. <laughs> <laughs> it was like not feel great yesterday. I'm like, I read it. We just we just go right on by this. Maybe we're not just going to type. And I had read through it. and I thought, hey man. There's a problem in here. There's a big problem in the middle of this parable. I feel like we should, you know, <laughs> we're going to have to go through. Um, so here's some things that, that might be helpful in how we understand this. Um, first, I, I think it has to sit in its context, just like Isaiah does. Now, here's the thing. Uh, there's probably a bigger context to that Isaiah 6 even than we took. Okay? Um, but, like, that has to sit in the What he said there about the parables has to sit within the context of the parable that, that he's telling. The parable of the sower... Okay, or more specifically, I think the parable of the seeds um, is about, it's, it's more about the kingdom than it is about us individually. Okay? It's a more about understanding. Jesus comes, tells the good news about a kingdom, and people are reacting differently, and our right, our right question is why? Why are some people ask, reacting in this one way or the other? Okay? Jesus gives us an example in the parable of the seeds that starts to show us that, hey, here's why. What what this good news is falling on to, well, the people will react to it differently depending on the situation that they're in. Okay? So that, that tells us that I can recognize why different people are reacting differently to Jesus' message. Why some people will fall away. They're getting choked out. Okay? While sometimes it's hitting rocky soil. Their, their faith wasn't actually that deep. Okay? Uh, some of your Pharisees and scribes and sections fall into that category, right? They used, they used what their religious part of it to otherwise further other parts of their life, but ultimately their trust was not okay even though that they are the banner wearers for the kingdom of god right up to that point okay so we start to understand you know one of the things that mark chapter 4 cannot answer and does not attempt to answer and doesn't imply that it will is why those soils are still different okay it doesn't it doesn't tell you here's why some people are rocky soil it doesn't and so if we're looking for that answer i think we have to find it broadly in the entirety of god's story we cannot find it in mark chapter 4 does it does it uh, say that like, does it imply that people have created their own soil environment? So that's, that is the right question that Mark 4 is, is not answering. Okay? I think broad scripture, like, I think that's a very, uh, I mean, you have schisms in churches trying to describe uh, how much control you have over the soil you are, if you want to think of it that way. Okay? But I think one of the things we need to be clear about is that, is that Jesus is not attempting to answer that question, nor is Mark in this section of Mark 4. Okay, but we have to. I think we have to discuss that. We need to do it in a broad thing. If we walk away with something we felt was firm, answer that question mark for. I think we're pulling more out of the text than what the text is providing. So, but I still we do have to deal with what Jesus has said though. Um, so let's start asking ourselves a few questions. If Jesus is saying, if he's saying parables confuse those outside of the kingdom, but it's understood by those on the inside of the kingdom. If that's what, how we're trying to under. If that's how we understand what he's saying by using Isaiah six. I think it's very difficult to understand his reaction going forward uh, because the disciples didn't get it. Okay, In fact, they will continue not to get it over and over and over again. They always needs another explanation. Yeah, but he, seems, he starts to get irritated when people keep asking. So the, I think we read that. I think we partially read that as irritation. Um, that isn't baked into the language. 
the way that, that the, the Greek wording that doesn't imply is a bit agnostic to his being upset. It doesn't imply that he's upset. Okay? That's how we read though a lot. It's, it's how we read it because like, of, hey, you dummies. Like, yeah. Why you how many times do I got to do this? Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, but so I think is that an author tone or a Jesus tone? So I think some of that comes with how we read the Isaiah 6, right? It's like, you're going to be blind. You must be blind. You can't hear anything. Why can't you hear anything? You be a dumb. Okay? Okay. Possible. But it's, it's a bit hard to sustain, I think, with the way that, because he doesn't be like, hey, if they were confused and they were outside of the kingdom, what's his reaction? What does he do with the parable with them? He explains it. He explains it to them, right? If the point of the parables was to confuse people outside of the kingdom so that they cannot hear, what is Jesus doing? Does it make sense that he explains it to them? No. No. So here's the thing. Though if it was as simple as parables confuse those outside of the kingdom and they are understood by people inside of the kingdom, if the disciples are confused and Jesus explains it to them, then we can't take from his reference to Isaiah to say, my point of parables is to confuse you so that you may never know. Right? And actually, he'd be he'd be drawing a salvation line right there, right? These guys are in, these guys are out. If you don't understand it, you're out. If you don't understand it, you're in. Right. So the, the reason I say that is because I think that the very simplest explanation, and probably the harshest, doesn't make any sense relative to what Jesus is doing. Right? It can't be that he's saying, oh, now that I know that you're confused, you must be out. I will leave you out. The point is to confuse you. Because he, he follows up and describes it, right? Okay. So, second question. Jesus follows, and we kind of, we, we stopped this in the kids' area. Um, for those who don't seem to understand, oh, um, for those that don't seem to understand, but who want to understand, does Jesus provide explanation? Sure. Yeah, he explains it to the disciples. Now, and then he follows up, right? Right after he gets this discussion about following up, <laughs> he follows up with the disciples so that they may understand the parables. He says, and he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Who's that to? Who's he talking to? Disciples. Yeah, same group of people. It's, it's probably it's a disciples plus. Okay, because it was, it was a crowd, probably not the same crowd, but a smaller crowd plus the disciples. So he's saying the things that are of mystery, the things that are secret, these parables, they're intended to come to light. They're intended to come to light. Okay, so again, if I went with the harshest possible interpretation, Jesus' reaction doesn't seem to make sense with that. Because he's saying, your job is to make things come to light. Okay, the distinction seems to be what people want. For those who, who have no ears to hear... They will be they will be deaf, okay. And, and the words that you say will not help in that matter. The, the clarity of your parable, the way that it helps to describe the situation, the way that it gets, becomes a good example, they simply won't get it any better if they don't care to hear it, okay. So Jesus seems to be saying that, like I'm telling you, what, there are people who do not have ears to hear. They do not want to hear it. They will not hear it. No matter what words you say, it will fall on the on the path. And the words will be eaten. It will hit rocky soil and it won't survive. Which means as we spread seed, as we go to tell, spread the word to people, okay? Sometimes someone will get excited and be like, yay, one for the kingdom. And they'll fall away. And that is a fact that it will happen. Okay? He does not give us the context to be able to say why. He doesn't give us the context to say what, how much they put into it. But we are to know, just like Jesus has demonstrated, that people will react different, differently to the good news that he brings. Okay? 
Um, so the harshest Isaiah and Mark um, interpretation, I don't think can stand based upon what Jesus is doing. So the question is, why does he use it? Okay, Why is he using this example? Um, I'm going to give you an option, which I think is a viable option, but I'm also going to tell you that it's a dangerous option um, if, you, if you're very careful how you use it. What I think is being done in Isaiah's passage, just like in Mark's, is I think he's being ironic. I think he's using irony. I think what he's saying is like, go ahead and say these things to those um, who hear as if they would hear, and those who would see as if they would see, as if they would even want their sin forgiven or think that they could be, because they don't think they're doing anything wrong. Okay? The problem with interpreting biblical things as ironic is because it, it looks the same thing as true things, right? Because it's using the same words, and it's implying a way of speaking underneath the words. Okay, so it's a very dangerous thing to do in biblical exegesis to start saying, I think he was being ironic there, because it says you can take the exact same words and have them mean the opposite thing. All right, so I'm, I'm warning you ahead of time that this could say you have to be very careful if you're going to look at something in Scripture and be like, I think that's irony. Okay, however, with the way that he uses it, Isaiah is a prophet bringing a message from God whose job is to bring light. Okay, um, it's designed to call people to repentance. That has been the goal of all prophets. Jesus is doing the exact same thing. Okay? For him to state the exact opposite doesn't make a lot of sense, except for it sounds, it is stating, using irony to point a fact that they don't want it at all. The people in Isaiah's time didn't want it either. So I think that is a viable explanation here, um, but I will mark that it is a, you just have to be very careful with what you call irony. Um, but if I were to try to take it literally, both in Isaiah's context, which I know doesn't bear out in Isaiah's life, and here, it doesn't make sense with the way Jesus behaves and how he treats people who are outside the kingdom because he spends a lot of time teaching his disciples who, who fail over and over and over again. And he continues to explain over and over and over again and then tells them to explain it to people who don't get it. So it cannot be just a flat restrictive, you're either out or you're in. But it does seem to come, it does seem to come with time. Okay? It's not just a, you immediately get it. That's, that's why the reaction of saying, if I don't understand the parables, am I outside of the kingdom? Um, it doesn't make any sense because the disciples seem to go through a very similar process. Okay? Does that make sense? So, um, the reason I tell you all that is because I think, like, if this is something that would be easy to say, hey, that seems real complicated, or that Jesus is being harsh, um, which he, it is within his sovereign right to do. If Jesus wanted to say, you're out, you're, you're in, I, you know, I don't know who I, I, he can do what he wants, but... His direct reaction doesn't seem to support the fact that that's the case. He says, you don't know? Fine, I will explain it to you. Help and Hogwarts. <laughs> right? It will be given if you're going to ask for it. The distinction seems to be, are you asking Jesus for it? In the places you don't understand, are you, are you going back to Jesus and saying, I need, I need more? I, I don't understand. Um, the, the way that we know more, the way that we understand how God is moving, or the things that God is doing, there's a distinction between someone who says, I don't like what God is up to, or I don't get it. And someone who says, I want to know more. Jesus, will you help me? Because that's what the disciples have done. And Jesus provides. And he says, the light is meant to shine. We will not put it under bed. So that means we will describe to people who don't get it. And sometimes it will fall on rocky soil. We know that. And sometimes people will reject it. And sometimes people get scorched. He says, either way, we keep chucking seed. That is the one thing uh, I said it's not really about the sower. But notice that, like, he keeps chucking seed. <laughs> I mean, the sower is pretty generous with it. Um, he's not giving more or less anywhere. He's just throwing it out. Um, and so, like, the, the parable doesn't tell you exactly the lessons you're supposed to learn about the soil. That's why pastors have been able to take many different interpretations of the parable of the seeds. Um, 
But A, because I don't think that was the point. I think it was more of a kingdom lesson than it was a personal one. I think it does have personal implications, but the Bible doesn't restrict it to how you understand it. Um, it's pretty liberal with that. Uh, but I, I want to make sure we hit that part, because um, in context, it's talking about kingdom work, and it's talking uh, Jesus' reaction to people who don't get it is to buy more information for people who want it and people who are asking for it. I think that's part of how, what we have to bake into that parable of seeds, is um, our soil is probably impacted by, by our desire. To, to want to engage more with what's going on. Okay? All that makes sense? Okay. So as we read, um, we're, we might try to chapter 4 next week. Um, so try to read chapter 4. By the way, I, 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 I apologize. I don't know what we're going to read. However, uh, you are all adults, and I feel like you could have figured it out. Okay? <laughs> so uh, don't wait for me to post something. Assume that we're going through the next three chapters at all times. Might be pretty safe for reading during the week. And I was thinking about this this week. Um... I, uh, I did. I wasn't. I was feeling a little bit under weather toward the end of the week. Well, maybe I'll, I don't want people not to be able to come just because I'm not feeling well. Um, we should be able to have church if I'm not here. Okay. Part of part of what we're doing um, implies people that are that we're faithfully following Jesus and are not just here because I'm I'm teaching. I God has given me a particular set of skills. It's my job to use them here. Okay. Just like you guys have other skills and stuff. Whatever. If I were to become sick, you guys should be able to meet without me. Okay. So um, make sure. You have to. <laughs> I will be on the Facebook Live harassing whoever's posting wrong about... That's not the correct <laughs> You shouldn't use irony. <laughs> so, um, um, that is that is something that I, I feel like I need to say to you, and we need to be prepared for that, okay? You should be able to do this without me. You won't do it wrong. God can't handle all those things. Um, so, uh, make sure we're reading through the things, preparing for it, because your responsibility, my responsibility is in here to you. Your responsibility are to a world that needs to be and the Bible will do that for you. And so you treat it as if that's your work or this is mine. Okay? Okay. Anything else jump out this week you want to talk about? You feel like Zay would probably be the best one to lead in your absence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know we, can, we can vote or if it will make it more feel. <laughs> okay, let's, um, let's, let's pray. <coughs> Father, I love you. Um, I thank you that your word is challenging. I thank you that your word is uh, uplifting and revelatory and um, deep. And um, I, we, come to, we come to your word insufficient for the task, um, but you are gracious in your understanding and in your mercy for us as we work through it. Um, I thank you that we serve a God who is deeper than we are. Um, and so I I just pray you to guide our paths as we search the scripture and learn to know more, more about you and, and be that light uh, that shines to the world and tosses out good news. And may we never, uh, may we be as generous with the words that you have given us as you have been, um, that we know it today. And so uh, rocky soil or otherwise, uh, let us keep tossing out good news um, and sowing seed and, and hoping that it produces uh, positive results for the kingdom. And let not forget that um, in this same parable, you gave amazing results with 30, 60, or 100-fold, um, you know, just depending on how it's received. And so let us let us be gracious with the good news. Um, in your heavenly name, I love you, and uh, we thank you for your word. In your heavenly name, amen. amen. I think we should continue with the trend of voting in Josh since he's not here. Thank you.